Thank you once again for tuning into the Psychedelic Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Marie, here with Rob. Rob here. Yes, Rob, who are you for any new listeners? I believe I'm your husband. Last time I checked, that's true. We don't have our full panel with us today, unfortunately. Cappy, aka Chris, King of the Cobb is sick, and Dawn is very pregnant, but you can catch our live streams on YouTube. We finally got a URL. Yay, 100 subscribers. Yes, so today we were supposed to do a little bit more on ASPD, which is Antisocial Personality Disorder. However, we're going to talk a little bit about what Borderline Personality Disorder is instead and how it correlates with ASPD. We decided not to do a part two of ASPD because we have eight other personality disorders to cover and we always want to bring you guys fresh new content. Yeah, when you feel like you philosophize something enough that you don't know much about because we are your favorite panel of non-experts and you've come to the conclusion that you don't think personality disorder should really be a thing in the DSM-5, there's not much more we can say about it. Well, to a certain extent. I want to give a huge shout out to 365 Broadcasting and our sponsor, Artie Hoffman. You can also get an Audible book free at audibletrial.com slash psychedelic. Please snatch up that audiobook. It's just sitting there waiting for somebody to just grab it, take a hold of it, and just read it. Just ravage that book. Even though it reads it to you. True. Now, there are a lot of similarities between ASPD, Antisocial Personality Disorder, and BPD, Not Bipolar Disorder. Borderline Personality Disorder. Didn't know that, did you? No, actually, I don't really know much about this one. But this... (laughs) In my opinion, this is a great bridge between our supposed ASPD part two that we're gonna do to... This one. What is this one? BPD, Borderline Personality Disorder. To Borderline Personality Disorder. As you can see, I know nothing about it, so I'm finding out about it as we go. Right. And if you listen to the first episode, please refer back if you're new. They are both what you call cluster B type personality disorders in the DSM-5, at least. Ooh, the clusters. Yeah, I hate the word cluster. I don't mind the word. I just didn't know what the clusters were. But now that I know them, I kind of like the word cluster. It just reminds me of like a really gross Girl Scout cookie. Cookie. (laughs) I hate the word cookie, too. I don't know why. (laughs) Cluster B just reminds me of a cluster bomb that a military plane just dumps onto their enemies yeah okay so (laughs) (laughs) there are four super similar traits that they have between aspd and bpd one of them is what you call disinhibition people with antisocial personality disorder have disinhibition by engaging in very impulsive behaviors because they can and people with BPD, do it to combat their negative emotions. Oh, so already I'm catching on a little bit. So people with BPD have an awareness. So they utilize their disinhibition to get rid of their negative emotions. So there's some level of awareness there where they're utilizing this in order to control their emotions. Right. And they also share this hostility 
They get very angry over minor slights, what most people wouldn't get angry over, and they lash out. People with ASPD tend to do that with consciously cruel and hostile acts. People with BPT are persistently angry. They might even engage in self-harm, which is why the suicide rates with people with borderline personality disorder, I think, are in like 70% of people with BPD are women, and they tend to be very suicidal, unfortunately. And men. Well, it's 70% of people with borderline are women. Oh, okay. My bad. That's okay. So, I'm confused already because I thought when we covered our ASPD episode, we came to the conclusion that when they had violent lashing out moments, they were not so conscious of their acts. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is that people with ASPD are conscious with cruel and hostile acts, but that's not always the case. It's just that they can be very hostile and it really does matter where they are in the okay. spectrum. So they know they're doing it, but they don't care. Some, some. Some know that they're doing it, but they don't care. Right. Okay. Mm. So people with... BPD. What is BPD again? Borderline personality disorder. They are angry all the time. For the most part, they're persistently angry. But the way that they lash out is usually on themselves, which can cause a lot of harm to the people around them. Okay. They also share this trait in different forms. Yeah, right? It's what they call impulsivity burnout. And in later middle age... People might be less likely to meet this type of criteria for ASPD or BPD, which we did talk about in episode one. And they typically refer to that as like a burnout stage where the disorder changes with age or they might not even have it at all anymore after 40. So one of the reasons we agreed that ASPD shouldn't or any personality disorder really shouldn't be listed in the DSM-5 unless it's associated with another mental disorder that doesn't have anything to do with a personality disorder. That's the conclusion that we drew. I wonder what this clinical study would have to be in order to determine this burnout phase with BPD because... And ASPD. We talked about it in episode one. 40 years old. You got to be over 18. I was unaware that there was a burnout phase. I thought it was once you get to a certain age, it's kind of like you can't get rid of your personality disorder. No, no. They're saying that it could stop. They're saying, yeah, isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Where is this information coming from? Episode one, where we talked about ASP. No, I assume this is coming from the DSM-5. Okay. Also, here's a very strong similarity between ASPD and BPD. The suicide rate in both is between 3 and 10%. There are a lot of differences, though. They go hand in hand. So I thought that ASPD was at the top of the pyramid, but these seem fairly similar. I wonder which is going to come out on top as more of the severe personality disorder, if there is an answer. A little bit of an overview with borderline personality disorder is that it's a serious mental illness, according to the DSM-5, which everybody knows is what psychiatrists, psychologists, psychotherapists refer to and have to study in college, etc., etc. It's the holy grail of psychiatric and personality disorders. And mental health disorders, yes. And mental health disorders. Because I really don't believe there's such thing as personality disorder. That's my philosophy. Because all of these traits, anybody can have. And I will stand by that point. 
Yeah, I'm undecided at this point, but I completely see where you're coming from. I think that your stance should be considered more, but there's a lot more to be found out with all these personality disorders that we're going to cover. We said in the last episode, there is 10. There is still some... There's 10. There is still some opinions to be relegated until a later time. Right. Will we really dig into all these personality disorders? We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of doctors are on both sides of this. Some probably don't agree with them at all. And some are probably all for it. And I think that the ones that are all for it are the same ones just tacking on extra words to people that already have underlying mental health conditions that can't be controlled like schizophrenia, not schizoid personality disorder per se, but actual schizophrenia, mental disorders like that, they cannot be controlled or something neurological. So I feel like these words are tacked onto those just to add to the types of medications and keep them under wraps. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know the pharmaceutical companies have a big role in this. I'm still on the edge. We'll have to see. I'm very open-minded. But I do have one question. What is the difference between schizoid and schizophrenia? Schizoid personality disorder is somebody that is characterized by a lack of interest in social relationships. And they live a very sheltered life most of the time. They're very solitary, secretive, and they're very cold. So that has nothing to do with having schizophrenia. No, not really. Not at all. It's just, uh, I don't know where the term schitz derives from. That's something to look into later. Because yeah, schizophrenia, schizoid. Like, I don't know where that comes from. We'll get into that another time. But they're completely different is the main takeaway here. Right, because one's a personality disorder and one is a actual mental health disorder. Yes, yes. So. Interesting. So back to borderline personality disorder, a lot of them are high functioning, like we've talked about with ASPD and even with narcissism. And a lot of the time, their private lives are probably in turmoil. They suffer from problems. They can't regulate emotions and thoughts. They can be very impulsive. They can be reckless. They can be unstable. This sounds like a lot of mental health disorders that I've studied about in school. And... Also with ASPD, it sounds very similar. Exactly. It does sound very, very similar. And I mentioned before, there's such a big overlap with all of these different disorders. It's so hard sometimes to distinguish what's what. What I find they have most in common is that a lot of them can't be neurologically proven through CAT scans and whatnot. So basically... What I'm getting from it is that anybody diagnosed with a personality disorder has some form of trauma that's different from another. They're given a different personality disorder name because they have a different type of trauma. And that's been noted by whatever psychiatrist if they're lucky enough to get to that point. Right. So anybody could say that they have flaws in their personality, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I get what you're saying. Personality disorder is different from having a neurological issue in your brain. Aside from these personality disorders, what goes beyond that? What is a malady that somebody is born with? What is genetic? Is there something that's genetic? There are a lot of mental health disorders that are genetic. Hey, where did you learn to promote your show? How did you edit that fast? Where did you find all your great guests? We all have areas where we strive to be better. 
At IndiePods United, we'll give you the answers you need. We have professionals from around the globe who want to share with you what they know. Come join us at our first ever convention, November 29th through December 3rd, where we will show you our secrets to becoming better podcasters. IndiePods United is where we will come together to learn from one another. IndiePods United. Together, we listen. You're onto something, autism, schizophrenia, bipolar, those can all be genetic. Okay, so those are the genetic ones. I just wanted to clear that up. Those are the severe ones that you have no control over. There are several more, too. I'm sure there are, yeah, but those are the main ones. There's that a few. I, I'm sure we'll delve into those in later episodes. Absolutely. Because that seems to be the track that we're on. <laughs> right. But not every episode. Like, we're going to switch it up. Yeah, and what's interesting with borderline personality disorder that is a little bit different from ASPD, antisocial personality disorder, is that a lot of different factors like depression or anxiety, even anorexia and bulimia, are pieces that exist alongside borderline personality disorder. So in that aspect, it's different from narcissistic personality disorder, but can also be have the same attributes overlap like i've been saying all these things we've been talking about overlap narcissism mm -hmm. aspd and it seems to me that bpd also is a part of that circle graph that can overlap with a lot of similarities and of course some differences what's really interesting to me is bipolar disorder if you were to make that into an acronym would be the same as borderline personality disorder, bipolar disorder. That's also BPD as an acronym. And with bipolar disorder, there are two types. They say that somebody with bipolar disorder, their moods change for weeks and even months. But people with borderline happen to have these changes in a much shorter time period that occur all throughout the day. In general, they're much shorter. But as a minimum, they can occur within a day. Like they can work themselves out within a day, those issues. But then they just have it happen over and over again all throughout the day. And it's almost uncontrollable for them because there's an underlying issue. And it's not the personality disorder. I don't think that people are born with personality disorders. Like, I really don't. So does that mean somebody with borderline personality disorder can have so many different changes within their personality, all allocated within a day? Whereas somebody with bipolar disorder can have them ranging from weeks to months. Yeah, people with bipolar disorder tend to go through manic phases. Some of them have bipolar 1, some of them have bipolar 2. There's a difference that I can't remember off the top of my head, but when they're manic, it can last for weeks or months. It can also come out as just staying up for a long period of time for a couple of days and right. then stop and then they just crash. Right. I get that. I'm saying people with borderline personality disorder, are they having this bipolar type episode all happening within a day? All the things that somebody with bipolar disorder would experience ranging from weeks to months, are those all happening to somebody with borderline within one day? Or is it just that they're having one episode that somebody with bipolar disorder would have during one day. 
I would say that the mood instability is very similar to bipolar disorder, but they're not feeling the same things as someone with bipolar disorder because bipolar disorder is genetic or hereditary. Okay. It can also be taken in by the environment. There's so many different ways to gauge that. I think I looked into that too deeply. So basically, <laughs> people with borderline personality disorder, their episodes are much shorter and usually occur within a day. Or they can occur within a day. For the most part, For yes. For the most part. Yeah. So there's a little bit of research they've done. Well, there's plenty of research, actually, they've done with borderline. They say that it affects 5.9% of adults at some time in their life. Just reading the words at some time in their life. They can get rid of it. Exactly. Yep. Which is what we talked about when they said that you can, what's it called? Die off, not die off. They had some word like that where you can basically... Burn off. Burn off, yes. So, BPD affects 50% more people than Alzheimer's and nearly okay. as many as schizophrenia and bipolar combined. To me, all of these personality disorders sound almost like you're always going to have the underlying mental health diagnosis of schizophrenia. Which doesn't mean that you have to categorize yourself as having this because it's not a life sentence. So you can call it or look at it however you want. But at the end of the day, you can take the steps to purify yourself of this disorder. Not if you necessarily. Because... It says they have them at some time in their life, which makes me think that they had it at one point and they got rid of it. I think it's a not got rid of it. But yeah, there's underlying factors there. Yeah, I think it's a cop out. It's just an added disorder. It's just, a label, yeah. it's just an added disorder on top of something deeper that's exactly. already for sure, like genetically proven. And it's an extra thing for them to have to deal with. Exactly. And it's stigmatized. So somebody screwed up because they had something horrifically traumatizing happen to mm -hmm. them. Whatever point in their life. And they're diagnosed with this. And extra. they're diagnosed with this. Mm -hmm. They're just trying to put a label on it is what it seems like. Exactly. Some of the causes of borderline personality disorder, they say, is that the causes and risk factors are still in its early stages. Scientists basically agree that genetic and environmental influences are likely to be involved. I mean, likely. Not even proven. Just well, scientists likely. You're not born with it. You develop it at some point in your life. So it should be possible for you to get rid of it. So it just seems like they're trying to overcomplicate things. They're trying to categorize these people mm -hmm. with 10 different things. That all stem from trauma. So why can't we just treat them as trauma victims as a whole? That would help them that a would, lot. That would be so much more simplistic. The steps moving forward can be so much more calculated in the proper direction. You could have half of the characteristics of BPD, but why don't we just narrow it down to trauma? And how about... We move on from there and just call them trauma victims. They, that, that's where I'm at right now. My opinion could exactly. change. No, I actually completely agree with that. Always have. Because here we go. I mean, we talked about this with ASPD. And I just said this a little bit earlier about how, like you said, they're trauma victims. And they say that certain events in their childhood play a role in the development of BPD. Most involving emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. Same with every other personality disorder. There is no difference there. Just the way that they handle things, depending, I think, on the type of person that they are at their core, is what makes them react or act in different ways than people with other personality disorders. 
Yeah, certain people might have more resilience and might react in a completely different way if they're told that they have this personality disorder. Whereas others might be told that they're too messed up to ever have a fighting chance to live a normal life or at least be perceived to be living a normal life from an outsider perspective. The cases where people more outwardly display extreme behavior, they tend to be scrutinized a lot more by the public. And instead of helping, I think more people tend to be more treated like an outcast in society, which leads them to digressing in their behavior even more and don't give themselves a fighting chance to even have the possibility to help themselves get better. All along, there was a choice. I don't think so. I think there is no choice because of what I said about there being underlying well, mental health no, issues that they probably can't control. No, I'm not saying there's a choice whether they have it or not. I'm saying once they do have it and it's set in stone, then there's a choice to be made whether they continue to perpetuate the disorder By or whether they try to get better. And, and still, it's not some people's fault. Like a lot more people are resilient, like I said. So it's easier for them. And it's not those people's fault that can't do it as easily. Yeah, they say that under stress, a lot of these symptoms can come back. And they should return to therapy and other kinds of support, which yeah. honestly, in life, no matter if you have a mental disorder or not, you should probably have some kind yeah. of support system. You shouldn't get stressed out. Or you should try to at least manage your stress. And they say, just like with ASPD, that they experience decrease in their impulsive behavior in their 40s, which I attribute that to the amygdala being formed properly, which is where they can divvy out their emotions in the correct way, where they're not experiencing rage and anger without thinking first about what they're doing. It's not their fault when they're younger, but if you're getting into your 40s and beyond, then it's sort of up to you. Another thing to take into consideration is that people with BPD are generally a lot more sensitive than most people really? to, yeah, to different environmental circumstances. More so than other personality disorders? That's what they say, yeah. They mm. have a fear of separation rejection, which I think that's another cop-out. Most people are afraid of rejection. Let's be real here. Nobody wants to be rejected. Nobody wants to be separated. Nobody wants to feel alone. Maybe these people are inclined to be a little bit more sensitive, and that's the small variation that sets them apart from the other personality disorders. But again, that's a very small variation because, like you said, we all sort of feel that way. So to give them their own separate title because of this may not even be necessary. If we wanted to get into the esoteric side of things, we could easily say that people with these types of disorders might just be a zodiac sign that's super sensitive. Do you like being abandoned? Because people with BPD don't. So I'm a cancer, so naturally I'm going to be more sensitive and have the tendency to isolate a little more and be self-loathing, which are characteristics that could possibly fall under this category. But that's just my astrology sign because I'm also a Leo rising. So I like to be more social when social settings permit that. So there's so many different things that we can evaluate here. Just like these people that are diagnosed with these personality disorders. 
there's so many variables there. So if you look at it from that perspective, maybe a lot of these disorders in the DSM-5 aren't really necessary and can possibly cause more harm than good to the people that are being told these things. Right, exactly. So more common symptoms of BPD that we didn't really get to just yet are the chronic feelings of emptiness, which we all feel from time to time, as far as I'm concerned, especially these days with everything going on in the world, that inappropriate, intense anger that's also associated with ASPD. Chronic emptiness. That means that it's repetitive, right? Yeah. We, we all feel that. How do you eat Throughout even... our whole lives, we have a repetitive feeling of emptiness because we're not always fulfilling our passions, so we're not always feeling fulfilled. So most of the time, we're all left with this emptiness that you could categorize as chronic. Mm-hmm. And even people that you think are full of fullness, they're not. Look at all the celebrities that commit suicide or serial killers that appear to have a happy life. Truly, they wouldn't have become what they are if they weren't so empty. Everybody experiences feelings of emptiness at some point in their life. And you can categorize them as having any one of these personality disorders based Mm -hmm. off of that one action that they took. And that's the problem with humanity is that we try to pick apart what we don't know is going on with somebody because there's no way to actually understand what's happening within any given person. There is no therapist in the world that can take a person that they have barely known for five minutes and just generalize them into having a personality disorder because there is so much that goes into being diagnosed with any kind of mental health issue. It's irrelevant. I've always believed that any one person is way too complex to break down into these specific categories because there's so many different parts of us. Essentially, at our core, we're a spirit and energy, and there's really no way to compartmentalize that and, like we keep saying, put labels on everything. The multiplex of being a human goes way beyond any of these scientific terms in my opinion. They can understand who's more susceptible to doing certain things based on the the patterns in their life and what they know about you. There's probably a whole book on it somewhere that we don't know about, to be honest. You have all of these negative things that you manifest within yourself, that you manifest in your external world that all stem from trauma. So my point is, is why can't we just group everybody together as having trauma and then from there Mm -hmm. take note of their behaviors their their negative behavioral habits that they have and and, and treat them that way yes instead of overcomplicating things like it seems like is going on right now and for the ones that can explain to their therapist if they're lucky enough to get some kind of help when they have an opportunity to get help and actually speak how they feel People with depression have a lot of these same symptoms of borderline personality disorder. A lot of people with depression are so afraid of abandonment, it causes them depression. A lot of people going through what they call a midlife crisis do the same things that people with BPD, they call symptoms. So being impulsive, sex, substance abuse, reckless driving, binge eating. They are emotionally unstable. They have anxiety. It lasts for a long time. They've got anger. They're transient. They have identity disturbances. All of this can be anything. 
people that have bipolar disorder, their episodes last for weeks to months. Okay, the only difference between borderline personality disorder, according to the DSM-5, is that they'll have their episode within a day. But I don't think that's always true. What if they have it for two days? I'm sure that happens all the time. So if that happens, technically, you don't fit the role of borderline personality disorder. So how do you label from there? One of the symptoms for BPD is having unstable, intense relationships. There's so many people in the world that everybody has probably been in an unstable or intense relationship, whether they know it or not. And look, it started with narcissism, right? And we're pretty much seeing a carbon copy here of narcissism, of ASPD, and now borderline personality disorder. It's like, oh, caregivers didn't meet the demands of the child. It's, it's just like it's on repeat, but then they have one different thing that they say that qualifies them to have this specific personality disorder that's different from the other ones we've been talking about. Yeah, what's even more messed up is the phrase personality disorders attached to these things. Personality, that's who you are. Disorder is saying there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. We've all felt devalued or abandoned or alone at some point in our lives. There's no reason to slap the stigma on top of something else. You might just feel depressed for a little bit and take care of it. Take care of yourself if you can. There is a spectrum like we've talked about with ASPD and narcissism. So, of course, not everybody with BPD, ASPD, or NPD is going to get help if they're on the higher end of the spectrum, unfortunately. But the people that are in the middle of the spectrum or on the lower end of the spectrum, you have a choice to get better if you realize there's something wrong with you. It doesn't mean just accept what every doctor tells you. Get a second, third, and fourth opinion if you have to. And guess what? Just like everything else, people with BPD normally don't seek out treatment. So I don't see much of a difference here. Yeah, there's definitely some type of common theme with the people that are diagnosed with quote-unquote personality disorders, or at least with the three that we've discussed so far. Yes, of course, they need to seek out therapy and not just go undiagnosed their whole life. But in a sense, I feel like it can be tough for them to find the right clinician that has their best interest in mind that actually cares about the patient and is rooting for them and wants them to get better as opposed to treating them like a lesser than person that in the back of their minds views this person as a criminal and probably can't wait until their session is over. Because we're all flawed as humans and we're all judgmental. Doctors, psychiatrists, psychotherapists, nurses included. Sure, a lot of them are amazing people that have genuine interest in helping these people, but at the same time, there's good and bad in everything. And I'll say it again, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, eh, eh. Remember that song? But you're perfect for me. We rolling, we riding, we blah, 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 on timing. We pop the trunk on siding. (laughs) We rock the boat Poseidon. But anyways, some of these people that have these afflictions might not be treated in the most wholehearted and compassionate way in the healthcare field. 
It's messed up because what they end up giving people with anybody that has a personality disorder is they just slap them with a mood stabilizer. So basically, you have a personality, they take that personality away. Instead of treating the underlying issues, they are treating just you as a person to make you complacent. That's my opinion. So we all have defects in our personalities. Absolutely. You can't call that a disorder. You can call that a problem. And then you can get help for it and you can straighten out your personality. You can get the underlying problem fixed. Exactly. Slapping on personality disorders on top of it is just a cop out for all so, of the companies that want to make more money off of people that actually have the money to pay for it. Because generally, anybody that has what they call a quote unquote personality disorder is not going to seek out treatment. They're not. Some so, even wearing it as a badge of pride. You just call somebody ugly. They believe that forever. They don't forget words. Once you slap a word or a terminology on top of someone rather than seeing what's actually wrong or what's lying beneath when the person has the capacity to be a completely normal human, then you are inevitably giving them hell to deal with for the rest of their life here because you don't know how sensitive they are to that. You don't know what you're actually doing when you call somebody a name or you're a bully to somebody. You could be destroying their entire life. All you can do is offer support, be understanding, be patient. It's never really thorough. And they're just trying to get rid of this person so they can go on to the next patient so they can make more money. Sweep that person under the rug. You have BPD. Next patient, that person's life is ruined. They live their lives confused, thinking, how can I beat this disorder? When really, they're probably not much different from anybody else that's had trauma, but was never told that they have this disorder. And the person that wasn't told that they have this disorder can heal themselves in a much easier fashion than somebody with this title attached to them from a young age. Yeah, one of the top questions that people ask about someone with BPD is, can they really love? What's interesting to me is that they describe their love as it can be stormy and it can be full of turmoil and dysfunction, but that they can also be exceptionally caring, compassionate, and affectionate. This is everybody. Everybody can be this. From the few things that I do know about BPD, some people that have partners that have BPD can actually find their level of love and romanticism and devotion for them as actually pleasant. Of course they could, because like I'm saying, I don't agree with these personality disorders. I only agree with the underlying issues. So yes, absolutely. Somebody diagnosed with BPD, which apparently is very common, more than 3 million cases per year. What does that tell you? So, I mean, everything we've told you is basically every human being at some point within the year, we've all felt these things. They also call it emotion dysregulation disorder. It happens mm-hmm. to everybody. What do you think SAD is? Seasonal affective disorder. People get depressed. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter. Like maybe you had trauma at Christmas. A lot of people exactly. don't have good Christmases. So you're sad every freaking winter. That's what happens. 
You can't slap somebody with personality disorder. There's nothing wrong with their personality. I mean, most of the population is happier when there's sunshine because we get vitamin D and so many other scientific reasons mm-hmm. that makes the majority of the population more unhappy in cold times. Yeah, that's why there's a high suicide rate in Alaska, Norway, places like that. Such beautiful places, but the suicide rates are very high because they don't have that much sunshine and enough vitamin D. And then you say, well, people with ASPD, like we said, are more prone to becoming criminals. Well, okay. There's just one little subsect of a personality disorder that we have to alleviate for this person. Mm -hmm. They're a criminal. Let's teach them it's not right to harm people that don't deserve it. It's not right to break the law and to assault people and rob banks and things like that. That's its own thing in itself. That doesn't have to be associated with 20 other characteristics that have to do with ASPD. And to build off that, basically, everybody's a criminal these days. So, in some form or another. How so? Everybody's done something wrong, whether they got caught or not. People have drank and... Well, not everybody, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Most people have... Done something that the law would not constitute as lawful. And there's another thing, like people that have gotten in trouble multiple times. Petty, yes, but they got caught. And they had to suffer a long line of consequences in order to dig themselves out of that condemnation. But there's other people that do way worse, but then they never get caught. There's no way to characterize any there, of these There's people. no way to characterize much of anything. So it's like, should we even move on with these personality disorders? No. I, w- I want to dig into the rest of them and see if there's anything out. Because we've only... There's plenty. We, yeah, there's eight more. Yeah. I just want to see if... Because I don't know. I'm just speaking on this from an organic standpoint. I want to see if there's something else that's going to lead me to say, like, okay, maybe this one can be categorized okay let's put that in a box head personality disorder not even head like just differentiates from what we've been talking about like we put that in a box and okay let's diagnose somebody with that specifically if there was one i would say it would be schizoid things like that but we'll have to look into it more but so far i could say that narcissism aspd and bpd has so much overlap that you really cannot distinguish between the three. Yeah. And there's a lot of doctors arguing over that. You can look it up yourselves, guys. And These are just our opinions. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't have to listen to us. It's our opinion. You take what you want from it. Sometimes it's hard to want to get into these types of subjects if you're thinking that maybe you have one of these issues because maybe someone's called you something or maybe you've dealt with some type of trauma in your life. There are places to get help and there are plenty of resources out there for you. If you feel like you're in distress, there are ways to get help. I know it can be embarrassing, but there is a phone number to call. It's 1-800-985-5990 or you can text talk with us to 66746. You'll be with a trained professional. So that's basically all we have to say on ASPD and BPD. Anybody that has suffered any sort of trauma should seek treatment. But don't limitate yourself into this box. Do not let these therapists and these doctors tell you you have some sort of disorder 
without getting a second or third opinion mm -hmm. or without doing your own research and evaluating yourselves, it seems to me like they are very eager to place everybody in a box. Like I said, just to compartmentalize all of these health disorders in order to keep you complacent, but to make you think the obstacles that you have to overcome in order to heal yourself are that much greater yeah. because now you're being categorized as something serious. It's not always accurate. Just look at yourself, look at your problems and see it for what it is. You don't have to let anybody convince you that you have a personality disorder. If you do feel like you want to hurt somebody or hurt yourself, then definitely please get help. But everything that you just said, Rob, I do agree with. But if you do feel like you're going to hurt someone yourself, it is time to seek out some kind of treatment. Right. And by personality disorders, I'm just talking about narcissistic personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, and borderline personality disorder. So Be far. Because that's what we've covered so far. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Psychedelic Podcast. We are a proud partner with the 365 Broadcasting Network. We're going to be going live very soon. We also have some really big news, and we will be releasing that in the next episode when we do our full panel episode. Hopefully everybody gets better soon, right? We officially have enough subscribers on YouTube. I'm going to have that in the description. Come check us out. It's not the same as our normal audio stuff, but it's fun to watch. You get to see interviews with celebrities and people that you probably know about. So go check that out. Yeah, it's awesome. We really got the ball moving on YouTube. There's already a plethora of videos on there for you. Now it's like we're ready to officially launch. Yeah. And there's already tons of videos on there for people to view. That is where eventually, I say eventually, but it could be within the next week. I don't know. It could be any time <laughs> where we start doing our actual podcast live streams on there. Tina's interviews are already broadcasted to there, but we still will have our audio podcast, the Psychedelic Podcast. It will always be there yes. to download as a podcast. We're not going so anywhere. We don't worry about leave. that. Please rate and review us if you feel like it. We would love that. Any feedback is welcome. You can email us at tpdpcrew at gmail.com. If you'd like to sponsor our upcoming huge virtual convention, just give us a shout out at indiepodsunited at gmail.com. Thank you once again to our sponsor, Artie Hoffman, Audible. Get your free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash psychedelic, no hyphen there. And all of our links, as usual, will be in the description. We love you guys so much, and we promise to be more humorous in the next coming episodes. We have a lot planned out for Halloween. Get super excited. We have someone from the original Hills Have Eyes coming on to a live stream. Oh, so, I forgot about that. Yeah, get your freak on. That's exciting. Not in that way. Who is it from the Hills Have Eyes? It's a big secret, so go subscribe to our YouTube. I, it's guys, real, though, guys. I don't even I'm know this playing secret. Around. Thank you, Stephen Joyner, our publicist. He's the one hooking me up with all of these amazing celebrities. Yeah. So go like our YouTube. There's a reason to subscribe, and I'll talk to you. I'll even say hello. <laughs> yep. Love y'all. And if you guys have any questions, any points that you want to bring to our attention that you disagree with when we're talking about these types of things, by all means, go ahead. We are very open-minded. Yeah. This is the way we see it. If somebody presents something 
that gives us a higher perspective mm -hmm. on these matters, we are more than welcome to take that into consideration. To take those into consideration. <laughs> I Absolutely. Yeah, we are not one track thinkers. We're very open. So, right. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for always being such awesome listeners. Thank you for all of the likes and love on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram is at psyche.delicpodcast. Check us out on everything. Okay. We love you. You're not crazy. Stay calm. Stay cool. It's 2020. Everyone's messed up. Okay. Peace out. Peace. Peeves. We'll be releasing something way more lighthearted very soon. Promise. Peace. Peeves.